In this video, I'm going to cover one of my most favorite topics and one that is least understood in terms of taxation, that's stamp duty land tax. Watch this video, I can assure you, you're going to learn at least one new thing which will save you money going forward. Welcome to Wealth Made Simple with Shaz, where you'll learn how to master your money through business, property and tax saving strategies. Your host has collectively helped his clients make tens of millions of pounds in additional profits through these strategic approaches to business. Introducing Shaz Nawaz, an award-winning chartered accountant, property tax expert, entrepreneur and property investor. Stamp duty land tax is paid on the purchase of a lease or buildings or land over the threshold in England and Northern Ireland. In Wales, the corresponding tax is land transaction tax and in Scotland, it's land and building transaction tax. But the concept, broadly speaking, and the rules are pretty similar. Uh, so you're paying SDLT just in a, in a different form with a different name. And SDLT came into force uh, by the Finance Act 2003, a long time ago and came into force on the 1st of December 2003 for land transactions with an effective date on or after the 1st of December 2003, which is known as the implementation date. Although this was subject to transitional rules, purchases prior to this date were subject to the old stamp duty regime, if you're old enough to know when that existed, uh, which is still in operation for transactions in shares and other securities, because you still pay stamp duty on those. STLT applies to the purchase of both freehold and leasehold uh, land and property. Uh, so you need to pay uh, STLT on either transaction if you're over the threshold. And also to the grant of new leases uh, for a term of seven years or longer and applies whether or not you are making the purchase using a mortgage. The rate of tax you pay depends on the value of the property and whether it is residential, non-residential, or mixed use, and it can have a difference on obviously how much STLT you end up paying. It works as a band structure, so you pay a different percentage on the value of the property above each band of the threshold. When the property is subject to VAT as a result of the owner exercising uh, an option to tax, uh, which is basically there uh, to include VAT uh, on their premises, then the VAT is added to the value of the property for STLT purposes. So in short, you pay stamp duty land tax on the VAT element too. STLT is not applicable to gifts of properties provided that these are outright gifts without any conditions attached. Where, for example, the transfer has a mortgage on the property and the expectation is that the transferee, i.e. the person taking over the property, when they take over, uh, will have the responsibility for the mortgage, then the STLT is payable on the value of the mortgage debt at the date of the transfer. It does, not it does not matter whether or not the mortgage is transferred to the recipient, nor does it make any difference whatsoever if the mortgage is paid off and the new owner remortgages as part of the transaction. STLT is payable, calculated on the mortgage debt. Unlike the old stamp duty, which is a tax on documents, STLT is a trans tax on transactions themselves. So even if a transaction is not documented, it is still technically within the regime of SDLT, which is very different. Transfers of property under wills or deeds of variation and upon divorce, where the transferor is be between the parties to the former marriage or civil partnership, uh, will usually be exempt from stamp duty land tax, depending on certain conditions, by the way, in a particular period. Where the purchaser already owns a 
residential property, for example, or an interest in one anywhere in the world, then the additional uh, residential SDLT is payable on the purchase of a residential property of over 40,000 or more. The rate of this particular uh, additional SDLT is 3% of the total value. And this also applies if the purchaser's spouse or civil partner owns an interest in a residential property. However, if you are replacing, if you are replacing your main residence and you buy ahead of selling your former residence, then you will be able to claim back the 3% additional stamp duty land tax on the residential property uh, paid on the purchase when you bought the second or additional property provided that you sell your former home within three years and then you need to obviously make a reclaim. The additional 3% uh, SDLT also applies when the purchaser is a limited company irrespective of whether the company owns any of the properties or not. And when the company is buying a single dwelling for a consideration of excess of £500,000 then the SDLT will be payable at the rate of 15% but this replaces the basic SDLT and the additional 3% residential rate. From April 2021, for non-UK residents where people who live abroad or have not lived in the UK for six months of the previous 12, there is an additional 2% surcharge of SDLT on the whole value of any residential property purchased in England and Northern Ireland. So do bear that in mind if you've been overseas or if you're thinking of going overseas and buying property. The government believes that buyers from abroad are the cause of price inflation. So the aim of this surcharge is to improve the affordability of housing, uh, according to Farrah & Co in 2021. Let's look at filing. Filing uh, the STLT return has the concept of the effective date. This is usually the completion date, but if there is a substantial performance of the contract prior to completion, so this is before you actually complete on the transaction, then that will be that that performance date will become your effective date uh, and this could be because the purchaser has for example allowed uh, the buyer to occupy the premises ahead of completing uh, or because a substantial part of the purchase uh, price has been paid as a consideration uh, or perhaps uh, the new owner wants to carry out some work and it's been agreed unlikely but it's been agreed they can carry out that work an SDLT return must be sent to HMRC and the tax must be paid in full within 14 days of the effective date. Your solicitor will usually do this on your behalf, usually as soon as completion takes place or obviously substantial performance. However, most solicitors are not tax advisors and may not be specialists in stamp duty land tax. So you may want to seek advice if your transaction is in any way unusual or if you think you may be entitled to some exemption or relief uh, exemption and relief can be claimed on the SDLT return, but the acknowledgement received from HMRC does not in any way indicate that they have checked your return and the exemptions and the reliefs uh, and have that they have been correctly applied. It's a, a process now, check later process, uh, so they, they may check it later. Now, there is a window of nine months, a longer if careless or deliberate misstatement is suspected. Uh, in which uh, case they can challenge the return there's an HMRC. If you think you have overpaid uh, on SDLT or failed to claim on a particular relief or exemption, you can submit an amended tax return within 12 months of the filing date, which is remember 14 days after the effective date. Uh, you can also, up to 14 days, uh, you can also uh, make a claim for overpayment relief after the 12 month period, uh, up to four years uh, from the effective date, 
except where you are seeking to apply multiple dwellings relief, uh, which must be claimed within the 12 month period after the filing date for the SDLT return. So just kind of bear that in mind if that applies to you. Revenue collected from SDLT amounted to around about uh, 11.86 billion uh, between 2019 and 2020, so it's a significant figure. Now, due to COVID and concerns about the st stability of the property market, in July 2020, the government introduced what's known as a stamp duty holiday, uh, where no percent threshold for basic SDLT on residential property was extended to £500,000 uh, from uh, £125,000. This was initially uh, to end in March 2021, uh, but it was extended to June 2021 with a further extension at a reduced rate of £250,000 until the end of September uh, that year. The property market did grow uh, during that period uh, and while the holiday was in place, so it could be argued uh, that it's, it's been a successful scheme, but I'll leave you to decide that. SDLT on leases, where there is the grant of a new lease, uh, then SDLT is payable on any capital sum known as the premium uh, and also on the rent, which is the net present value or the NPV, which is the value of the rent payable over the term of the entire lease, but at the present day value. Now, this can be rather complicated and it can be a rather complicated definition uh, because obviously uh, you've you got to work out the premium and the NPV and add it together and work out the SDLT and obviously uh, make sure you get the figures right. Stamp duty land tax rates, uh, the SDLT rates of SDLT are purchase price or the lease premium plus the NPV or transfer value. SDLT rate uh, up to £125,000 uh, is zero, so you don't pay any SDLT on that. The next £125,000, uh, so from 125 to 250 you pay 2%. Uh, the next 675000 uh is payable at 5%, which takes you to £925,000. The next £575,000 uh, takes you uh, or you pay that at 10% and takes you to 1.5 million. Uh, the remaining amount above 1.5 million is payable at 12%. The non-residential rates of SDLT uh, when you're uh, purchasing a property, uh, lease premium plus the NPV or the transfer value uh, is £150,000 where you pay zero. At the next £100,000, so 150 to 250 grand, you pay 2%. And anything above £250,000 is payable at the rate of 5%. There is also a separate rate for residential properties purchased by a non-natural person, as already mentioned. Now, this includes companies, partnerships, including companies or uh, mixed partnerships and investment schemes. A flat rate of 15% applies to the whole consideration where the value of the property is above £500,000. The additional 2% surcharge for overseas investors also applies. So for a non-UK company to purchase a property of say uh, over £500,000, the flat rate would be 17%, 15% plus the 2%. So again, bear that in mind. However, the flat rate of 15% does not apply where the company is to be used for a property rental business or for property traders and developers. So you need to again be clear on these definitions and obviously uh, research them. To be caught by this rate, the property must be a single dwelling. So a block of self-contained flats, for example, would not be caught provided that no individual flat was worth more than £500,000. For first-time buyers, the residential STLT bands uh, are slightly different. Uh, if the property is worth less than £500,000, 
uh, first time SDLT, buyers pay no SDLT on the first £300,000 uh, on the property and 5% on the value between 300 grand to 500 grand. If the property is worth more than £500,000, then the standard uh, rate of SDLT must be paid. Uh, but most first time buyers, generally speaking, aren't going to buy a property for more than 500 grand uh, with all things being equal unless they're buying in London and they're doing exceptionally well. However, as property investors are likely to uh, be first time buyers, they're unlikely to be eligible for these rates. Multiple dwellings relief and the six plus dwellings rule which people sometimes get mixed up with. If you buy more than six individual dwellings in a single transaction or a linked transaction, so one after the other from the same uh, seller, you are entitled to treat the entire transaction as a commercial transaction, which basically means uh, you can use the non-residential rate of STLT, which I've just called for you a few minutes ago. Whether or not two uh, transactions are linked uh, is a matter of fact. However, purchases from the same buyer and seller uh, who fall into the category of being connected parties uh, are indicators of linked transactions. You can also claim multiple dwellings relief when you buy more than one dwelling in a transaction or in linked transactions. Now, it's important to remember that each dwelling must be capable of being individually uh, occupied with sufficient privacy and security at the time of purchase. So just kind of bear that in mind. This usually means that there must be separate access uh, to each without crossing part of any other dwelling. And each dwelling or property must have the usual domestic facilities for say sleeping, personal hygiene, and the preparation of food. So bedroom, shower, bathroom, kitchen. These rules are particularly important, I must add, where you are buying a residential property with a subsidiary dwelling, such as, let's say, a granny annex at the back or on the side, or, or a guest suite, for example. To qualify, the main house must be at least two thirds of the purchase price, which is usually the case with most granny annexes. You would not usually be liable for the additional 3% STLT just because there is a subsidiary dwelling. However, it's important to note that in a recent uh, case case law against uh, HMRC, uh, they, they've tightened the rules now for the criteria for a subsidiary dwelling in terms of what counts as separate access and what are sufficient what are sufficient domestic facilities. This rule allows purchasers uh, to average the consideration of all the properties put together and therefore potentially reduce the overall STLT that they have to pay. So you average out uh, the uh, value of the properties over the number of properties and of course then you uh, file your STLT return and claim multiple dwellings relief or you can use the 12 month rule for after you when you've initially filed the STLT return if your accountant didn't get it right or your, your solicitor didn't get it right. Uh, so very simple terms, you add up all the properties uh, in terms of the value divided by the number of properties that gives you the average price then you use the STLT thresholds I've just shared with you earlier and work out what the STLT is per property times you buy the number of properties and that's how much you pay. Now if no STLT is payable, uh, then you have to pay a minimum of 1% on the total consideration applicable on all the residential properties. The relief does not apply to any commercial properties uh, included within that particular transaction or to the transfer of a freehold reversion or head lease. Such properties will be charged the usual rate of STLT, which I've already covered for you. Uh, so you can check them up online on their own HMRC's website. However, where you are purchasing a uh, mixed use property, 
uh, you can apportion the price between the residential and non-residential elements and apply uh, multiple dwellings relief to the residential part but you can also then all look at uh, if it's got if it's mixed use uh, you don't have to pay the additional three percent either so bear that in mind do the calculation and see which one works out better for you and you are able to choose which one works better for you so it's important to do the calculations if you're buying six properties for example should you use non-residential should you use mdr should you use the standard rate well it depends on uh, what the end figures work out to be uh, and obviously work those out uh, with your solicitor if they can't do it work with a specialist who is fully au fait and aware of stlt and see which one gives you the best outcome uh, hmrc are pretty relaxed about that as long as you're using uh, one of the uh, correct reliefs in the correct way Therefore, before uh, you buy a property, you must do the maths uh, and give yourself the options and see which one gives you uh, the best outcome. Uninhabitable properties, this is an interesting one. And this is property which is currently not suitable for habitation and is not classed as a residential property for SDLT purposes. Therefore, if you can demonstrate uh, that the property you purchased or a property that you purchased uh, was in a particular state at the effective date, you are only liable to pay non-residential rate of SDLT uh, because at that time the property was not classed as a dwelling and the other benefit is if you've been listening carefully uh, there's no additional three percent to pay because it's a non-residential property uh, the criteria by, set by HMRC uh, is uh, very stringent uh, and it's remember it's not just because you haven't got a kitchen if you haven't got a kitchen you can't get a mortgage they think it's uninhabitable uh, for this particular uh, scenario it's different uh, so you've got to make sure you follow the rules and don't think because because you haven't got a kitchen it doesn't apply so what things do apply so let's say if you've got asbestos or other hazardous substances unless they're very small in nature and in a very small area you've got dangerous electrical or gas installation if you've got very severe damp uh, which is a health hazard uh, missing or otherwise unsafe floorboards stairways etc missing portions of the roof or windows not just missing glass panes by the way structural defects such as chimney stacks for example uh, which might collapse and as a result injure somebody uh, possibly complete lack of space and water heating uh, services which are unusable not just disconnected by the way now purely decorative or cosmetic improvements which some houses may need or most houses may need will never qualify for and as an uninhabitable property uh, and HMRC have said that this also applies to defects which can quite easily and quickly be rectified surprisingly this includes non-functioning bathrooms and kitchens because that's a popular one uh, and it's usually safer to claim a refund after paying uh, the initial residential rate of SDLT at the time of the purchase you can claim up to four years later this is because you then have an opportunity to explain to HMRC why you think the property qualifies. However, HMRC still retain the right to challenge within nine months. And unfortunately, the fact that they have paid you a refund does not necessarily prevent them to check later. Because remember, process now, check later. Just because you've had the refund, it doesn't mean everything's absolutely fine. Now, I've obviously covered uh, a few things there in terms of how a property could be uninhabitable. Uh, just because it's got floorboards missing, I don't think it makes it uninhabitable. Just because there's a few electrical wires hanging out in a particular room or from the ceiling 
does not make it uninhabitable. But the more of those things that you've got, the most likely it is. Now, if the entire property's got asbestos, yes, you've got a good chance. If the entire roof is missing, yes, you've got a good chance. If a good portion of the roof is missing, yes, you have a good chance. Uh, and this is a complicated subject matter. Uh, we do a lot of claims on uninhabitable properties. Uh, so if you have this particular case and you have paid STLT and you find out within the 12 month window, contact us, we'll be more than happy to help. STLT is a complicated area. There are many other exemptions and reliefs, uh, which if I covered here today, uh, this would make it a much longer video for you to see. I'll cover them on a different video, but just remember your solicitor or property conveyancer won't know the ins and outs of STLT. If you ask them, uh, they openly tell you uh, it's not their area of expertise and they would happily and openly in my experience uh, say to you seek uh, external uh, tax advice uh, and they are happy to work with external tax adv advisors unless you go to a very big law firm where they have their own internal experts. So as you can see there's a lot to SDLT and we've just looked at the tip of the iceberg. If you find this video useful click like, uh, if you obviously got any comments post them below, if you think I should have added something extra Add it in there. If you had any experiences of claiming for an uninhabitable property, buying a property with a granny annex or any of the other kind of nooks and crannies, feel free to share them so everybody can learn. And of course, most importantly, click subscribe so that you get updated with all the fresh content. Thanks for listening to Wealth Made Simple. You can follow and contact Shaz on the Facebook pages and Trust Property Tax and The Profits Wizard. You can also find Shaz on LinkedIn, YouTube and Instagram. Alternatively, email him at shaz at aa-accountants.co.uk. Build your wealth by mastering money.